0: find it behind white picket fences all across America. The storybook romance between the star athlete and the head cheerleader, who had the wedding of their dreams and then moved into their dream home. He is now climbing the corporate ladder, and she stayed home to raise their children. Everything was perfect. Or was it? We have a lot of things to be concerned about in our country today, don't we? As far back as I can remember, and it seems like it's happening more and more today, it seems like cancer has been something that, that just has kind of hung over. I mean, I've seen it in my life. I've seen it in people I care about. I see it as a pastor. I guess about 25 or 30 years ago, another thing began to enter into the picture. We saw AIDS rise up and become an epidemic and something that is really spreading all over the world. And in the last few years, our country's had to deal with something that's become a major issue for us, and that's the issue of terrorism. I mean, think about it. Ever since 9-11, 2001, that's a major issue for us. In the the elections that we're talking about now, we've got lots of of things to consider in terms of immigration, in terms of the war, in terms of uh, protecting our country, and, uh, and budgets and finances, and how much is spent on that kind of stuff. It's an issue for us, isn't it? And then most recently, gas prices. I mean, who would have ever thought, now they're saying that it's possible, that gas, is it possible? It seems crazy that I'd have to pay four dollars to get 15, 20, 30 miles down the road. Isn't that amazing? It's unbelievable. And even more recently than that, our country's dealing with a mass foreclosure of homes. In fact, uh, there's a family uh, connected with our church family I was just talking to this week that was saying that they're going to have to move because the place that they were renting has been foreclosed. The, uh, the landlord had been foreclosed upon. Now they're going to have to move because of that. And I guess I can't think about issues in my church and, or actually in my country that I love so much, United States of America, without acknowledging that in the last 30 or so years since 1973, 50 million babies have lost their lives because of Roe v. Wade and the decision to legalize abortion. There are just so many things, aren't there? And it seems like every one of them, you just say, that is serious. I mean, that needs to be dealt with. Uh, We would almost just need to stop everything and say, that one. And yet we've mentioned five, six, and we could mention probably ten more. But of all the problems that we face, there is one that I believe that we know is there but it's almost like we've just accepted that it can't be fixed. And it's trouble in the home, in the family. You know, statistics tell us, or some say, that as many as 65% of marriages are facing divorce. That means they have been in divorce or right now they're in the process of it. And I don't think anybody would argue with the number 50%. I think that's a pretty safe bet that half or more marriages right now, I want you to think about that. The households in this room where there is a husband and wife, if we just kind of went down the aisles, went down the rows here, we could say that one's facing divorce okay this one's not that one's facing divorce okay this one's not that one's facing divorce you go down your neighborhood on your way home today you can say that house is facing divorce that one's not that every other now if that is not an epidemic if that is not something to say hey something is desperately wrong here then i don't know what is let me put it this way if you got on an airplane and they said hey don't worry about it half the time we get there fine. The other half, well, let's just don't talk about that, okay? We just won't go there. Well, I don't know about you, but I think anybody that's ever been through divorce, I think probably all of us have been affected by it in some way in our lives, whether it's friends, whether it's family, whether it's ourselves, whether it's our, our parents, we've all been affected by this. And I don't think anybody would say, oh, that's no big deal. Now, we may have learned how to deal with the issues but I don't think anybody would just blow it off as no big deal, and that's why we're doing this series. Friends, listen. It's called Desperate Households. I believe in our country the households are in a desperate situation, and we want to learn God's plan for our home. Amen? We need some help. We need some answers. How do we be uh, the kind of family we're supposed to be? How do we be uh, blessed? How do we enjoy this life we have Yet, how, how can I be a good husband? How can I be the wife I'm supposed to be? How am I supposed to be the parents to my children that I'm supposed to be? How am I supposed to be a kid growing up in this world with so many challenges? And that's why we're turning to Genesis chapter 1 and 2 this morning. And I want to encourage you to turn over there with me. And, and I just want to share with you by way of a little bit of a backdrop that the reason we're studying this is because we've been studying the book of Ephesians. And in Ephesians, now that was a, a little while back. We've taken a little bit of a break from that for the last little while, but we're coming back to that. And We had left off in Ephesians chapter 5. And in Ephesians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul talks to the church there about marriage and parenting and children and, and relationships in, in our families and our households and also some others. We're going to talk about those later. But we're going to go back to Genesis 1. It's kind of a lead-in back into that, back into Ephesians 5, And we're going to go back to the very beginning of God's Word. You see, when God started this thing, when God started history, He knew that homes were going to be important, absolutely critical for this world to work right. And He gave us instruction from the very beginning about some of the building blocks that he's given us to make a marriage work. And that's what I want to talk about today, the building blocks for marriage. What are some of the things that are absolutely critical for us to understand in order for our marriages to work? And so let's talk about that. We're going to read, first of all, of Genesis 1, verse 27. Then we're going to go over to Genesis chapter 2 and look at some verses there. But the first building block I want to give you now, it's a long word. you ready for it? And we're going to put it on the screen so we can spell it out for you. The first one, building block 1 is complementation complementation say that with me complementation write that down and write this down underneath it after you get that written down complementation means different but meant to be together it means different but meant to be together let me tell you where we get that from Uh, genesis chapter 1 verse 27 says god created man in his own image in the image of god he created him male and female he created them the bible tells us first of all that god meant for us to be different god created us male and female are men and women are men and women different absolutely amen I and some of you are afraid to answer that question because your spouse is sitting beside you but listen notice something this is before the fall this is before sin this is not a consequence of sin coming into this world god intended it was a part of his original plan and we need to get over this we need to accept this that men and women are different now, let me talk about how we're different a little bit now, this is not cut and dry but as a general rule, some observations that we've made as we watch men and women. Men are initiators, and women are responders. Men are explorers, while women are typically securers. Men are protectors, and women are nurturers. Men are providers, while men, women are builders. Men are focused, while women are observing. Now, let me give you an example of just that last one. If I come to your house and we walk in we're going to you know have dinner together or something like that me and Shannon come in and 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 we're we're saying hello you know I, i'm just coming in and i'm thinking about okay we're having a conversation we've come over we're going to spend some time together and, and i'm focused on that but i want to tell you Shannon's going to she's going to say hey since we were here last year you got some new curtains i'm like I didn't even know they had curtains last year, much less that they got new ones or, or that these are a slight nuance of color from the ones that last year they had purple. This year they got purple. No, this year they got this or they got that. Now, that doesn't mean that Shannon can't focus or that I don't notice details, but as a general rule, those are some of the differences that we notice between men and women. Let's talk about some more. Guys tend to be more logical, not... Not not that uh, they think more than ladies, but they tend to be more logical in their approach to things, while ladies tend to be more relational and emotional. Again, that doesn't mean that ladies can't think or that men can't feel, but it relates to our general approach to things. One lady has said this, men tend to be more simple. Sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's challenging. Ladies tend to be more complex. Sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's challenging. And by the way, I'd be careful by any amens as I'm going through this part, okay? <laughs> Little boys tend to emphasize more or learn more quickly or earlier motor skills. While little girls tend to learn communication skills. Well, I, I remember when, when we first had our children, when Hannah was born, man, I just I used to love it. I'd come home and I was going to school full time. I was working full time and I'd give her a bath every night and I'd have her there on the changing table and putting the powder on and everything and, and putting her clothes on and she'd just be gooing and gone. You know, just, I mean, from the time she 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 was born, she was talking, she was trying to say something to us. Sometimes the little boys, you wonder, is there anything in there? You know, are you ever going to talk to they know. They know. Sometimes they're just being that way. They're just, they just being contrary. I don't want to talk. And all of a sudden, it comes out eventually. That's just the way it is. It's impossible to deny that men are physically stronger typically than ladies, yet mentally a lady can juggle five things at one time. I mean, guys, we're lucky if we can hold one thing at one time. You know, last night uh, the kids were giving me a hard time about this because I mentioned this in the message, but, but uh, I can hardly make toast and cook eggs at the same time. I mean, I just can't do it. I just, I can either do the toast or I can do the eggs or I can do the bacon, but if you say, can you do it all, I'll say, Yeah. I can do that one, then while that's getting cold, I can do that one, then while that's getting cold, I can do another. Now that's not necessarily good, it's not necessarily bad, it just is what it is. There's some tendencies that we notice, and many people are wanting to blur those distinctions, but, but friends, the Bible teaches that men and women, God called them male and female. They are different. God made us that way, and don't forget that right after he made us that way, he didn't say, hmm, i should have rethought that he said in verse 31 and god saw that it was what very good good. so we're different but that should not drive us apart in fact actually we are different but god made us to be together you guys that work with electrical things don't they call the ends of cords isn't one end of a cord a male end and the other the female end Now listen, I was putting up Christmas lights not too long ago and uh, forgot about that factor. And and just stapling away, having a good time, trying to get out of the cold and getting the lights up and everything, and all of a sudden, these don't fit together, right? It's supposed to be male and female. And in fact, it's not just that male and female fit nice together, it's that male and female are supposed to go together or things don't work right. You see, friends, we need to realize, guys, your wife, she doesn't need to think like you. She doesn't need to to say the things or do the things that you do. Ladies, your husband doesn't need to think like you or say the things or do the things that you do. Both of you bring a contribution to the relationship. That's what the first building block tells us. In God's wisdom, and you may not like it. You may argue with it. And this may be one of these areas where you say, Lord, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask you about this. Why do you do it this way? But the Bible says we're made to compliment each other. And I don't mean by that saying nice things about each other. That's a different compliment. Although, guys, that wouldn't be a bad thing to do either. Complimenting is good. But what we're talking about is different, but meant to be together. Some of you say, we're just too different. Well, Some of that is guy-lady differences. Some of that is personality differences. Some of that is background. Some of that is is just a sin or struggles that we have. But listen, I would just say to you, if you're struggling in your marriage today, if you're struggling with accepting this, I would just say this. There is some reason why you married him. Amen? Amen? I mean, nobody twisted your arm. There's no uh, prearranged marriages in our culture that I know of. And so somebody made it, you made a choice to marry that person. I would go back to that place and say, what was it that originally attracted me or drew me to connect my life to this person and start there? Well, the first thing is complementation, but the second building block is in Genesis 2, verses 18 through 22. The second building block is companionship companionship god made us so that we could have a companion and right underneath companionship a partner to share life with a partner to share life with let me read genesis two eighteen. <clears throat> it says then the lord god said it is not good for the man to be alone i will make him a helper suitable for him out of the ground the lord god formed every beast of the field and every bird of the sky and brought them to the man to see what he would call them And whatever the man called a living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all the cattle, to the birds of the sky, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper suitable for him. You can almost just say, Oh, (laughs) that's the way it ought to be. Well, everybody else has got a partner. All the animals have somebody that's matching them. But for poor old Adam, he's on his own. So the Lord God caused a, te- a deep sleep to fall upon the man and he slept. And then he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh at that place. The Lord God fashioned into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. You know, because of the challenges that we face many times in life, sometimes we, we shy away from relationships. But you know what the Bible teaches? The God who created you, friend, is a God of relationships. That's the way God is. That's part of His nature and His character. And you know what? Whether we sometimes like that or not or whether we struggle with that or not, the Bible says that we were created for relationships. Whether we're ever married or not, we were created to to share life with others, to connect with others in this lifetime, and even for eternity to have a connection with God and with others in a place called heaven. We were created like that. And marriage is one of the highest forms of relationship, if not the highest, that we can experience on planet Earth. In verses 18 through 22, the Bible says God created everything. The sun, the stars, the moon, the universe, He created everything in them. And then God breathed life into Adam. And and He wanted Adam to live and to enjoy that creation that He had given. But the Bible says that Adam needed someone to share that with. In verses 18 through 21, God says... Who he needed to share with us is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. It's reiterated again in verse 20. But for Adam, there was not found a helper suitable for him. God was going to create someone that Adam could share all this with. God wanted him to share the blessings and the responsibilities. He needed a helper who who was like him, who matched him, who corresponded to him. All the other animals have been great, but as we're going to see here in just a minute, they were nothing in comparison with this special creation of God called the woman. In fact, this passage makes it very clear, and you ladies are going to like this, creation was not complete without the woman. The Bible says that it gives the impression that she was the crowning point of all creation. She was beautiful. She was lovely. She was precious. She was unique. The uh, great Bible commentator, Matthew Henry, fitting the beauty of how the, the Word of God presents it here, said this, he says, She was not made out of his head to rule over him, nor out of his feet to be trampled on by him, but out of his side to be equal with him under his arm to be protected, and near his heart to be loved. Isn't that great? Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> we say, well, where did all that go? <laughs> where did, when did we lose it? Is that the way it's supposed to be? Well, it ain't that way at my house. Is that the way you feel? But God intended for marriage. God intended for us to enjoy something, not to endure it. I don't know how many of you have ever read the books uh, Wild at Heart or Captivating. But in those books, as well as any other books I've ever read about this subject, a husband and wife, their names are John and Stacy Eldridge. They explore the depths of, of how a man and a woman can experience this thing called companionship. And here's what they do. They say, you know what? We recognize that Genesis 1.27 says we're different. Instead of fighting that, let's celebrate it. Let's see the strength and the weakness that both men and women have, and let's see when God brings them together in marriage how those fit together. And it's hard to even summarize exactly what their book. booked. I just encourage you to get the books, but if I could put it in a nutshell, here's kind of what they say. God created Adam to go on an adventure with God. Amen? God created Adam because he wanted to share this creation with us. And you know what? God created Eve because he knew it would be awesome if they could share it together with a partner. Probably very few of us have ever really experienced the level of companionship that God designed marriage to be like. In fact, probably even worse than that, uh, probably even more than that, some of us have never even seen that before, have we? We've never seen a marriage where a husband and wife truly feel like partners like companions like they're on an adventure together maybe you have if you have you're very fortunate because there are very few marriages with that kind of connection guys i want to tell you i'm not i'm not just encouraging with companionship i'm not just saying hey you know what you ought to spend some time together You ought to have fun together. You ought to have some common interests. You ought to do some things, have some hobbies together. That's great. I mean, that's part of it, and and that's a great place to start. But I want to even lift this a little bit higher. Could you just let your heart start beating? Could you just get a little bit excited about life and sharing life together? God created us to go on a journey with Almighty God. Isn't that exciting? By the way, if you're not on that journey yet, That's your first step, is to get on that path of walking with Jesus Christ. But listen, for many of us in this world, God has given us a desire to share that with someone else in a relationship called marriage. And I want to ask you, husbands and wives, I want this question to to kind of ring in your ears as you leave here this morning. Are you exploring the world that God gave you to enjoy with a companion? Are you exploring it? Are you on a journey? Are you on an adventure? And is this your partner to explore that life with? I also want to challenge you with this. Men, would you start seeing your wife as the gift that God intended for her to be? If you'll notice, that's what most women want, men. They want to know that they are special. They want to know that they are appreciated. They want to know that they are loved. Ladies, I want to ask you this. Are you supporting and encouraging the husband that God gave you? If you'll notice, that's what men want, ladies. They want to know that their wife is with them. They want to know that their wife respects them. They want to know that their wife looks up to them and thinks that they've got what it takes. In fact, that's what uh, kind of the premise of those two books that I was talking about. Wild at Heart is basically, it says, the core issue for little boys and for young men and for men is, do I have what it takes? And ladies, for you to say to your husband... You got it, buddy. You got what it takes. Man, you watch his chest poke out. You watch him grow. Even if he's not so impressive, you start telling him is, a guy will start growing into it. Amen, guys? Same thing goes for the ladies. Listen, you may have heard me say this before, but I believe it's true. Guys long to be admired, and ladies want to be adored. Is that not true? Guys want to be admired, and ladies want to be adored by someone. You know, instead of seeing the phrase partner of life as a legal sentencing in court, <laughs> you gotta stay together for life. <laughs> oh man, can I get the death penalty instead? <laughs> Would you see it as the greatest opportunity for you to experience life? Man, you're on a journey together with Almighty God and He gave you somebody to see it with. Amen? Isn't it great when you're doing things and you're seeing things and you've got somebody say, what do you think about that or what do you see about that? And that just brings in that sharing part and also brings that complimenting part. Different people are going to see different things and they share that together. That's the way marriage is supposed to be. And that leads us into the third thing. In Genesis 2.23, uh, that next verse, the Bible says that the third building block is something called contentment. Write down underneath contentment, write down just what i always wanted see i said it earlier the woman was beautiful she was precious she was unique she was unlike any other and in verse 23 the bible tells us that that's what that's that's what adam said about the woman it says in verse 23 the man said this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man now, I want to tell you, before we look at those verses uh, a little closer, we need to realize something. Whether we ever get married or not, what I want to talk, what I'm really getting the core of, I believe, what we're getting at today is there is a longing in our hearts, isn't there? There is a desire in our hearts to be connected with someone or something. If you just want to make it bottom dollar, that is what we're doing in this world. In this world, human beings are looking for something. Amen? Are we not? We are looking for something. There is something missing. And I want to submit to you that the the core, the the bottom dollar of what we are looking for is we are looking for God. (laughs) He's the one who created us. He has the plan for our life, and that's the longing in our heart is, I was made for something. I'm going somewhere. There's a purpose for my life. Isn't that? Isn't that? Well, even if you struggle with that because somebody's beating you down, deep down in your heart, when you say, yes, I know that's true, even though I struggle to believe it anymore. And that desire, the Bible teaches, is for God and a relationship with Him. Ultimately, friend, whether you ever get married or not, Marriage is not God's plan for everyone. Most people who live upon planet Earth get married, but that's not God's plan for everyone. The the point here is that God wants us to be connected with him, and that's where our desires are ultimately met. But isn't it great that for many of us, God gives a person that we can share this relationship called marriage? And, and, And the reason I share what I just shared is for a couple of reasons, but one of them is this. We're talking about contentment here, but but even as we talk about this, you've got to realize something. God is primarily going to provide for the needs and encouragement and things that happen in my life through my wife called Shannon. But I have to be careful that I don't begin putting all of my expectations and my hopes in her. It is God who works in my life Just thank God. He gives me people in my life, one of which is my marriage relationship, the highest of which is my marriage relationship. But I need to realize when when God works in my life through Shannon, I'm thankful for her, but I'm especially thankful for the God who created her and gave her to me. Do you understand that? But if God did give her to me, which is what he did for Adam. Isn't that what it said in verse 22? God performed the first wedding ceremony. God officiated this wedding. What did he do? He made her for him. And then he, what does it say in verse 22? He brought her. He gave away the first bride. God's got the corn on every first, doesn't he? Actually, he did the first surgery, had the first anesthesia. All these things are right in this verse. God did all that. He brought her to the man. And when he did... says he fashioned her he built her you can almost hear the Lord say to Adam okay close your eyes I'm bringing her to you ready don't peek ta-da open up open up and then Adam said wow wow that's what I was talking about when I said something was missing that was it he says, this is now, uh, you know, it kind of didn't come across in English that way. <laughs> bone of my bones is kind of like, you know, when Solomon talks about, you know, uh, uh, you know, ivory towers and all these kind of things and describing his wife, you know, th- it doesn't always cross over here. Well, now This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. But we need to realize that Hebrew scholars tells us that this, that this is in poetic form. It's almost like this was the first love song ever sang. Adam was saying... She's just what I always wanted. Now, considering he had been only less than a day old, I mean, you know, you got to take that into perspective. But he said, Lord, all my life, this half a day, this is just what was missing. He could not have been any more happy. He had sensed something was missing. And God decided to provide that for him. And Adam said to the Lord, Lord, you hit it out of the park this time. This is what I wanted. This is what I was looking for. This is what I needed. Is it possible for you to have that kind of contentment in your marriage? Absolutely it is. God intends for that to be the case. Would you catch a glimpse of that, friend? Some of us have lived so long in just kind of some blahness that we just kind of accepted that blah is the way marriage is supposed to be. But would you just begin to see God's picture today that God wants you to see your spouse as someone that he brought to your life and he wants to present to you and to bring great joy and fulfillment and contentment in your life. And not just for the honeymoon or for the first year of marriage or, 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 or just for a short period of time. It's possible, even I believe, for marriage to get better and better as the years go by. Is that not true? Some of you have experienced that, haven't you? And I can just say to you, thank God for Shannon and the partner that God gave me. She is my partner for life. I'm telling you, that's true. She is my partner for life. We're in this thing. Doesn't matter what else happened. It's me and you, right? We're in this thing together. And I thank God that he's helped us in starting our marriage. I thank God for the growth that he's given us. And I just have a sense. I don't even have a sense. I know it's true. I know that it can get better. And I have a sense that it's going to get better and better and better through the years. Amen. Isn't that a great thing to consider? You ever see like a 75-year-old couple and they're like giddy? You know, they're kind of like, I mean, you know, he opens the door for her and he's just talking sweet nothings to her stuff. And you're almost going, go, oh, don't do that in front of us, you know. Don't be so mushy. But you know what? There's something in us that says, man, isn't that great to see? People just head over heels in love after years. You know, what's the world's picture? I mean, <laughs> you know, after a few years, it's worn off now we're just hanging on that we said we'd stick it out. We'll stick it out for the kids. Does what we're talking about describe your experience in marriage if you're already married? Let me ask you this. If you're not married, does what we're talking about describe your expectations for marriage? I believe many people today are shooting way too low in their expectations. I believe many people today are settling Upon marriage, instead of trusting God for His plan and purpose for their life. I think for most of us, what we're going to talk about today, what we've talked about today, what we're going to be talking about, is kind of foreign, isn't it? It seems like, you know what, I've never seen that before, and I struggle to believe that it can really be that way. You know what's sad? Most of us have probably never seen marriage like this, have we? We haven't seen it in our own lives. And we really can't think of many models. If we went around the room right now, I would say that most of us would have probably at the most one that we could think of that fit God's model for marriage. And so I want to ask you this. This is one of those areas that I think it's very appropriate to say, would you let God shape your views? Amen? Because as we look around, we just say, <clears throat> I don't see it. I don't see it in my home right now. I don't see any examples out there. It seems too idealistic for me. But friend, God made it so that you guys would be different, but together. Would you quit button heads over that? Would you learn the strength of that? Would you grow together? Would you give some grace? God made it so that you would have a partner for life. Do you see your life more as we're just enduring it? We just go to work. We just get the kids ready. We just do our thing. We fulfill our obligations. You know what is sad? Many Christians, I appreciate their commitment. We're going to talk about that next time. Many Christians say, you know what? God tells me I'm supposed to do the right thing, so I'll do the right things, but I don't really like it. <laughs> I'll fulfill my obligation to be married, but, I, but you know I'm not really happy in it. Listen, you're shooting short, friend. Would you believe that God has given you a partner to explore life with doesn't that change your view of marriage it's not let's just hang out some but let's explore life together run with that idea and would you believe god that the person that you're sitting next to the person that he gave you for your life or young person the person as you look ahead for your life that god is going to give you can be somebody who would bring great joy and fulfillment, and contentment to your life. Do you believe that God could prepare somebody for you? I am praying right now for my children, that God will prepare some knucklehead little boy for my precious little girls. (laughs) I got my shotgun ready for him, but that's another story. (laughs) But is it possible? I believe it is. I believe it's possible for mirrors to be a great blessing. And bring great joy. If you're not married, we trust God for that. If you are married, we trust that God can develop your marriage in that direction. You know what? It's about progress, not perfection. Amen. Nobody in this room is going to get there overnight. It takes somebody was walking out the door last night and they're right. It takes work, doesn't it? It takes work. It takes loving God. It takes loving them. It takes understanding God's plan. Listen, if you as marriage partners would just Go home tonight and say, Listen, let's take the things the pastor talked about from God's Word and let's ask ourselves, How are we doing? Let's ask ourselves, What do we need to work on there? Just begin to start there. I believe that you can make progress, even this week, but definitely in the days ahead. And I pray that as a result of being here this morning, that each one of us have realized, you know what, whether it's marriage, whether it's your finances, whether it's your your vocation in life, we can't figure out life without God, can we? I can't do it. You say, well, you're just weak. You need a crutch. Amen, I'll admit it. God's not a crutch, by the way. He's a tower. Amen? (laughs) But if we'll go with your analogy, yeah, I need some help, and I'm not ashamed to admit it. Would you admit that today? I need some help. And and you know, it's not even that... uh, wimpy sounding. It's just just reality. God created you, and you're not going to work unless you let your Creator guide your life, and most of us sense that, don't we? This morning, maybe you would just say, God, I am desperate. I am desperate for you. Lord, I need you today, and I believe that Christ came for me. I've heard that message today. I believe Jesus died for my sins, for my marriage mistakes, for my all the other choices and decisions I've made against God in my life are away from God's direction. I believe in you, Christ. I receive you. I ask you to come into my life and help me. I want to have a godly family. I want to live the life you want for me. Would you help me? Would you call upon the Lord for that? If it is for your marriage, would you ask Him today? Maybe you know what some couples need to do this morning. Maybe you just need to get on your knees here and pray together. Maybe you need to come down and pray with me. You just need prayer. There's nothing. You know what? This is not a church where people see people come down front and they say, oh, I wonder what's wrong with them. It's none of our business, is it? Unless they share it with us. But if somebody wants to come for prayer, just before you and God, just, God, help my attitude. Help my language. Whatever it is. Help us with our finances. Whatever it is. Maybe that's what you need to do today. Just, God, help us. Help me and help us. Is that your heart today? Let's pray together. I want you just to bow before the Lord for just a moment. You know, I remember just growing up as a young man, even after I got married, just wondering what's the right way to live. Anybody ever wonder about that? What's the right way to be? The right way to be a man, the right way to be a a husband, the right way to be a parent, lead a home? Friend, I just want to tell you, if that's what you're looking for, God's given it to you. That's His Word. He knows how it's supposed to work. Would you submit your will to God's today? Would you trust his plan instead of yours? You say, I I will never accept the differences between me and my wife. Well, that's your plan. How's that working? Probably not too good, is it? There's got to be another way. Would you believe that God's way is the best? Would you trust that? Would you submit to that? Would you say, God, if I'm going to mess up, I'm going to mess up following you. I'm going to make, I'm just going to go for you. I'm going to take a chance in this life that God is right. And friend, that's no chance at all. God will establish your life and your home if you will listen to Him. Father, I pray in these next few moments that our will will become aligned with Yours, that our desires will be Your desires. That our plans will be changed and fit more with your plans. Help us right now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I mean, this is real. You know, it always bothers me after the service. Service is over. Let's go have some food. Let's have Bible study. That was good. That was good. You know what the Bible says? That's kidding ourselves. If we just look at ourselves and turn away and forget about it we just saw who we really were but we didn't do anything about it i want to ask you to see right now as survival mode <laughs> my home i want you to think of it like it's my home will not make it unless i listen to god in this world today the statistics tell us that half of us won't make it let's start breaking some records amen start being different god help us some of you say well, what about me i blew it or, or or i you know i didn't my first marriage fell apart and some of that was my fault some of that was you know what you know what god's about god is about right now from this point forward first corinthians 7 actually in the context of marriage says you start living for god in the place you found yourself okay so if you find yourself here today and god's speaking to you Say, God, I can't, you know, I can't change the past. But starting today, I can change the future. Amen. Would that be your heart? God, this relationship, this marriage, this day forward is going to be different. Would you help us? You can make that commitment right before God. In just a moment, we're going to stand and sing this song. The potter's hand. Would you let God shape your life, you're thinking today? If you would maybe just talk to him about that where you're standing as we're singing. If you need to talk to somebody, I'm going to be down front. If you need to accept Christ, if you need to come forward like someone did last week and say, you know what? I want to publicly identify myself as a follower of Christ. I want to be baptized. Some of you have been to our discovery class. You found out about this church family. You know that one of the steps for your family is to commit to a church family. That, That strength for your family is to have a church family around you. No family can make it on our own. God didn't create us that way. We need others around us, support. Maybe that's the decision you need to make today. Right now, would you listen?